Our gospel reading this morning is from Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. I can only imagine what it would be like to be born blind. Of course, I am well-sighted. I can't see the back pews if you want to know, but... I can see most of you, and I've seen the faces of those whom I love, and I have seen the faces of the poor, and I have seen the faces of beggars, and I have seen beautiful sunsets, and I have seen awful destruction. I can see in the light and in the darkness, if it's not too dark, I can make my way. I've had the experience of being, you know, in a well-lit cave where just for fun they turned off the light for 30 seconds and it was pitch, pitch black. And you have a different experience that even at that point taking a three-inch step in front of you makes you sort of question your balance and your equilibrium even if you know that the next step is safe. And so I can't imagine what it is to be born blind, to not have seen any of those things and to really not know what's in front of you, who's behind you, what's around you, let alone not to see beauty or smiles. Bartimaeus was born blind. It's an interesting thing uh, Mark does. We don't have too many named people in the Bible. There are about 30 healings in the gospel, and only two of them that I'm aware of are actually named, Lazarus and Bartimaeus. The name Bartimaeus is an interesting one. Scholars make a lot of this name, and and Mark also seems to make a lot of this name because he says Bartimaeus, which means Bar is son of Timaeus, but Mark says Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, so it's it's redundant because he's also making a play on world. Timaeus can mean honor or honorable, so son of an honorable man. It could also have a connotation in Hebrew with being unclean. So you have a blind beggar 
honored son of Timaeus. And there he sits on the side of the road, the road to Jerusalem from Jericho. And he sits with his one and only possession, a cloak. The cloak probably was there to both keep him warm at night, but also as a, something to put out in front of him to collect whatever alms or coins someone might toss his way. Somehow, Bartimaeus got wind that Jesus was going to be traveling his way, and somehow he had a sense of who this Jesus person might be. Had he heard stories? Had, had somebody else that had been healed mentioned to him, hey, you know, if you, if you find out that this guy's near, call out to him. Now, Jesus did not heal everybody he came across. If he did, the Bible would, would report thousands of healings. But from time to time, Jesus does reach out and heal. And in this case, Bartimaeus called to Jesus. And it's significant as well what he called. He said, Jesus, son of David. And it says immediately the crowds sternly warned him to be quiet. Calling Jesus, son of David, alludes to the return of the kingdom of Israel, the King David, that Jesus is of the lineage of David, that Jesus is the Messiah. And in Mark's gospel, we always want to keep that quiet, and it is the blind man that is the first one to recognize Jesus, and the disciples quiet him and say, stop, don't do that. And he calls out yet again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, come here, bring him here. At which point the disciples, as they are wont to do immediately, turn their story and say, hey, take heart, get up, he's calling you. Take heart, he hasn't done anything, but take heart. And so the blind man is brought to Jesus, and Jesus asks him, doesn't just assume what he needs, Jesus asks him, what is it that you need from me? And Bartimaeus tells him that he would like to be healed. It's interesting to note that when Bartimaeus gets up, it says um, that he threw off his cloak and he sprang up. It's an incredible act of courage, of releasing probably the one and only possession he had. And he sprang up. If I can't see anything, I I move very slowly, very cautiously. But Bartimaeus springs up, tosses aside his cloak, the scripture tells us, and he goes to follow Jesus. And of course, we know that Jesus heals him. And he says, your faith has made you well. And then it says, immediately he regained his sight and he followed Jesus. And I always remind us that it's important to understand the scriptures, again, in the, in the context of the scripture and what has just come before this 
remember, we, well, we talked last week about, well, first, before, before last week's passage was the passage about the rich man who came to Jesus and asked, what must I do? And he said, give up all of your possessions and sell them to the poor and come and follow me. And the man walked away sad because he couldn't do that. And then the disciples, Jesus tries to tell his disciples that he is on his way to Jerusalem and he's going to be crucified. And the disciples say, no, no, you know, but where am I going to stand? Can I sit at your right and your left? Can I have the place of honor? The disciples don't get it. We have two forms of blindness going on just before this passage. And indeed, the one who is blind is the first one to see. And what happens immediately following this passage as the blind man gives up his possession, his one possession, is he follows Jesus without hesitation. The next thing that happened is they go to Jerusalem and they untie the donkey and they ride into Jerusalem, the Palm Sunday story. So, so it's interesting what Mark is doing here because he is trying... I think, to point out blindness. That, of course, there is physical blindness, but there's a lot of other kinds of blindnesses that keep us from seeing, that keep us from experiencing the grace of God in our lives. Sometimes it is the things that hold on to us, whether it is our possessions, whether it is our ego, whether it is our own um, pride. There can be so many things that keep us from following, that keep us from listening, that keep us from responding to God. But Bartimaeus, son of the honorable, the unclean blind man, is the first one to see the first one to call out who Jesus is. And he is eager to follow. I, uh, I have this printed on a, on a note card on my desk. Love looks around. Three words. You might jot it down. Love looks around. What Jesus did is he looked and he saw the need and he responded when we look around, when we notice the pain in the world, when we notice the poverty, when we notice the man who is struggling along the side of the road, we are called to respond. There are a lot of blindnesses in our world, and I wonder this morning which blindness that we struggle with the most I suppose that it's different for each one of us. Sometimes we are blind to the humanity of one another. We are blind to the humanity of one another, the body of Christ. We are blind to the humanity of people of other nations, indeed other races, and indeed other religions. We are blind to the ways that God 
calls us to notice things. It seems to me that part of what Jesus is, is getting to in, in this narrative that Mark is laying out for us is a lifting of our blinders, of a lifting of the ways that we see the world, ways that call us to show mercy and compassion, to look around, to see, to really see physically, but also emotionally and with our actions, what is happening in the world around us. The blind man saw first. Sometimes our own blinders are far more dense than our physical blindness. I want to invite us this week to be thinking, to be thinking about our own blindnesses, be thinking about our cloaks, our possessions, the things that hold on to us, and are we willing to release those, to set them behind us so that we can follow Christ more faithfully? May we, are we willing to release something, something that holds us back? Are we willing to, to look Indeed, to see our own racism, our own privilege, our own blindness in order to really see the pain and suffering of others? And then are we willing to respond? We sometimes, I sometimes hear that, you know, we we want the church to stay separate from the world, but indeed the church is always called into the world. We are always called out from this place and into the world, and even in here, we carry with us the world and its incredible needs. Yesterday's horrific acts of violence in a house of worship speak to all of us. They speak to all of us of the anti-Semitism that has run its course throughout human history, or at least Christian history for the last 2,000 years, we'll say, and before. We see the ways those infiltrate our society, the ways that we still struggle, hopefully not here in this place, but we know. We know that there is great pain, and our faith is one that always calls us out always calls us to look with new eyes, always calls us to, to look around, to notice what is happening, and to respond not just with prayers but with action, finding new ways to share compassion in a world of healing, to bring peace in a world of hatred, to look around and to have mercy. Let us pray. God, we ask for your mercy to fall upon us this day. Where we have become blind, apathetic, even tired of noticing things, help us, God, open us, God. Remove our blinders and help us to see, God, where you would have us to go, who you would have us to love, how you would have us to act with compassion and mercy 
in a world of blindness and hurt. Open our eyes, God, this morning that we might see. Amen.